Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so excited to have you back, and I have a really awesome very cool guest. I was wanting to have this person as a guest for probably over a year when I first met her through a writing group that I'm doing. And today is the day and it comes on a very special day week because you'll find out later that this is launch week for a very cool, amazing book that she has done. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. So let me just tell you a little bit about this amazing woman. Now on her website, Fiona is described in a nutshell as your bisexual female version of Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Well, that may be true, but she is way more than that. Fiona Dawson is an Emmy-nominated and award-winning filmmaker. She is a proud bisexual cisgender immigrant woman from the LGBTQ plus community who uses media to advocate for equality. Following her Emmy-nominated short New York Times op-doc, Transgender at War and in Love, Fiona was honored by President Obama, I almost sounded like Oprah there for a minute, as an LGBT artist, champion of change, and her feature documentary, Transmilitary, premiered at South by Southwest 2018, winning the Audience Award. Fiona's company, Free Lion Productions, produces Now with Fiona, multimedia content all centered on sharing positive LGBTQ plus stories of kindness and courage in the face of adversity. Fiona loves to build, speak, and produce to make good things happen. And as if that was not enough, my friends, she has a book that I I just ordered today. I cannot wait for it to come called Are Bisexuals Just Greedy? Oh, my God. I love that title. (laughs) I love that title. Fiona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Midge. It's amazing to be here. Like you said, you know, we first planted this seed over a year ago and now here we are. So it's wonderful. Thank you so much. I have chills. I'm so excited that you're in the house. So, so just, you know, let's just get started. Tell us your story. Gosh. Okay. So I, I cannot start my story unless I explain the accent because people (laughs) hear my voice and they think, oh, there's a British person. (laughs) But in fact, I feel way more American these days. I just happen to sound British. Um, But I was born in 1977. Yeah, I'll out my age. I'm very proud 45 year old woman this year. Um, And I was, um, yeah. So I lived the first 21 years of my life in the UK and I grew up near a small town called Boston. That's a hundred miles north of London. And I graduated 
graduated with a degree in psychology. And at 21, I went off to Bangladesh to go volunteer in a mud hut. And this was like 1998. So before really the internet had taken off, I didn't have my own email address, let alone a social media account. And that was arranged through handwritten letters to this Roman Catholic priest in the middle of the forest, in the middle of nowhere in Bangladesh, the Monopoly Forest. And I went off to Bangladesh and I volunteered for six and a half months. And while I was there at the end of the last month, I fell in love with a US Marine. And at that time, I'd only ever identified as straight. I hadn't ever questioned my sexual orientation, uh, but I fell in love with the US Marine and we skipped off to Portugal where he continued to work in the embassy and I taught English for a year. And then the Marine and I decided that we were in love and wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. So we got married and I came to the States because he's from Texas. And so we moved to Houston. He had left the Marines. He was going to school and I started working for local charities, helping kids and, and then later adults living with HIV and AIDS. And so that was really my entree to the States, the year 2000, like 22 years ago. And so the first decade or so, I worked in the nonprofit sector, um, but I also on a personal level um, started to come out to myself. Mm -hmm. um, the relationship um, happened to not be very healthy. It's all resolved now, but it was it was not a good relationship. And so I realized like I needed to end this marriage, but then I also started to come out to myself as gay. And I had met a woman and had fell madly in love. And so in 2004, <laughs> I came flying out the closet as a lesbian. So I immediately like went from, um, from straight identifying to lesbian although in fact the word gay felt more comfortable because I felt like I never really belonged within the lesbian community it feels like there's a culture that I just didn't identify with so typically I would say gay but I was labeled lesbian by other people um, and then my career, I'd gotten into corporate social responsibility. And by 2010, I realized if I could do anything with my life, it would be to host my own show, sharing positive stories of kindness and courage in the face of adversity. And it's funny nice. earlier when you said, oh, I sounded like Oprah, because it was actually <laughs> Oprah that motivated me to do that. She was launching her own competition. She had a competition to win your own show. And I realized, yes, I'm going to enter the competition, which I did. Didn't win, but I decided, hell, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, so you. Like when I <laughs> hey, yeah, you. Well, anything's possible, right? Absolutely. So quit my, quit my job with no plan and just a belief <laughs> that this is what I meant to do with my life. And um, thanks to the generosity of friends in Houston, I raised money on Kickstarter and went to India to film a pilot for the show. Came back to Houston and realized, wow, I don't know. What do I do next? Like, how do I make this happen? And so I decided I'll go to New York. They make television in New York. There so you I go. threw my belongings, <laughs> threw my belongings in the back of a truck and like drove myself to New York, pounded the pavements, like pitching my TV show now with Fiona. And it was during that time that I came to realize that trans people were still banned in the US military. Mm. So I decided to start documenting their stories. Um, and then going back to a personal thread, it was in New York that I realized seven years after coming out as gay or lesbian, the only reason me now being single that I was turning down the offer of a date with the guy was because I'd labeled myself gay. And mm. I had to like do a deeper dive by myself and realize, you know mm. what? I actually am attracted to that male presenting person. I was still using very binary language then as well. Um, but I'm definitely like, I, was, I freaked out thinking, oh no, am I not a lesbian anymore? <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't want to not be gay. And I was like, no, no, definitely still romantically and or sexually attracted to women. Oh my God, I'm bisexual. <laughs> and it was like this epiphany. And I realized, why didn't I think about that then? You know, when I first came out in 2004 and 
you know, I can go on in a deeper level and another time on this, but basically, because I think my own stigma and biphobia that I was carrying. And at that time, we you know, I didn't know anyone else who was bi. We, we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, the B was just kind of the ostracized little <laughs> stepchild of the, of the acronym. Um, but in fact, you know, the latest Gallup poll says 57% of the lesbian gay and bi community actually identifies as bisexual. So wow. um, in 2012 came flying out the closet again as a, as bisexual. Um, I, I made a little video and put it on YouTube, which now looks like it was uploaded by a dinosaur compared to all the amazing TikTok posts and ways people come out. Um, and I've just like, you know, stuck with um, bisexual ever since. And then, you know, career-wise carried on making film. And that's how we ended up doing transgender at Warren in Love and Transmilitary, as you described. Mm-hmm. And then um, once those were out in the world, I was still living in Brooklyn and it was, you know, late 2018, 2019. And I was like, well, okay, got done transmilitary. Check that off the list. Like, I really... I, I want to do what I started off to do in the first place, which was to host my own TV show called yeah. That With Fiona. So went back into production, um, did some filming 2019. And of course, the glorious pandemic hits. I come home to Texas, um, making my roots now in Austin. I live in a camper um, in an RV park in the middle of Austin and just making my dreams come true and have a proof of concept of the TV show. And then, as you say, like wrote a book, Are Bisexuals Just Greedy? Animated Answers for All People Who Simply Want to Understand the Spectrum of Being LGBTQ+. And I've launched my, my podcast, Too Midge. So, <laughs> so my podcast is now with Fiona. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of a long winded way of telling my story. But, you know, I, I love like giving all the little nuggets and details along the way. <laughs> Absolutely, because that that's what makes us our story. Our story is how we all come to it mm. in a different way. And and the, yeah. the thing I love most is that if you just can remember now with Fiona, you can find her yeah. anywhere on social media. <laughs> she makes it pretty easy for us. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that's just brilliant. I so. do. I do. So what I love about about your story is that there was no pressure on you from outside forces, really. You just, you landed where you landed. It was driven by you. You came into insight. You went with it. No shame, no, no gamey stuff. You just went with it. And then it was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Let me pause. Mm-hmm. Let me reevaluate. And then you were able to embrace another part of you and continue to yeah. embrace who you are. And, and I think that's what attracted me to your, to your energy to begin with, that there was always this joy driven behind what you did. I see something, there's a need and you just have this passion to go fix it or to, to highlight <laughs> it. You know, it's like, I'll tell this story, forget what I was doing. Maybe it's a little bit like a hummingbird or a little bit like, you know, like a bee that flits. I don't know, but you just have this passion and you just go. And I love that freedom. <laughs> I get this essence of freedom from you. And yeah. do you do you feel that? Do you feel how kinetic it is and how energy filled that is? Yeah, I do. I I, I very much appreciate you seeing me in that way because that's how I would love for the world to see me. Somebody asked me just a few months ago, like, what if you could only say one thing, what are you most grateful for about your life? And it is my freedom and mm-hmm. my ability like to to live in this world at this time and have so many um opportunities accessible for me and I realize that that is a privilege and an advantage and I feel that I have a role to use that Mm -hmm. for good it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of fun knowing that 
you're on a mission and you you know what you're meant to do and you just have to keep learning about yourself and do the best you can and accept that so many things are perfectly imperfect and Mm -hmm. learning to let go of it not you know looking or being what other people expect and just like let go and it's certainly a journey I definitely um, haven't always been able to articulate it in this way and I'm sure throughout my entire life I will keep growing and evolving and learn new parts about myself as well Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's just fun and also part of it I think was started from the residual Catholic guilt you know I was, I was raised Catholic and uh, oh my and goodness so I think to begin with I, to begin with my access service was because I'd feel like I was a bad person if I didn't but then once I kind of removed those layers I realized no this is actually who I am inside as well it is you know it is a core of my being um, and then, of course, you know, I was raised by parents who encouraged me to go and fly the nest. Um, my mother, she died in 2006 at the age of 54 of pancreatic cancer. Um, but both her and my father, I know, very, very, very sad. Um, but both her and my father always encouraged me to go, go do stuff and get out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, I was only 21 when I went to Bangladesh, like with no internet or cell phone. And when I came home, my mum said to me that colleagues at work would ask her, aren't you worried about Fiona, like being halfway <laughs> around the world? In the middle of... um, you know, her attitude was like, oh, no, no news is good news. <laughs> like... Even with snail and mail, then, I'm sure I'm here. Yeah. Exactly. I did. I wrote them a letter. Yeah. They had to wait like three weeks to yeah. know that I was back. They're okay. And um, in her last year of her life, we spoke on the phone almost every day. Like I'd said to her, let me come back to England and I'll take care of you. Mm. And she said, no, stay, keep mm. doing what you're doing. And instead let's talk and you can tell me the stories. You can tell me what you're doing with your life. So I have another outlet and another lens and window to mm. to enjoy the world because Aww. if you come home then we're just going to be seeing each other and seeing the same thing I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather hear about your adventures and Aww. I'm extremely grateful to have had a parent mm-hmm. who encouraged me to do that in mm-hmm. that way that was very loving and you know to give you permission to live your life guilt-free that that was her wish for you and and I, I agree with her I, I think that you know having you almost as a in-person television person you know she she can live vicariously <laughs> through you and and watch what you're doing instead of just focusing on her illness and that's good for her yeah. good for her yeah. so I'm so I'm yeah. you've said the catholic words and this this made me think yeah so if you were raised catholic <laughs> um how did that yeah. or did that affect do you think your ability to come out and embrace being anywhere on the acronym of lgbtq how did that affect mm. you yeah, I think it affected me in other ways at a younger age. Mm. So I will, um, I'll give you a bit more context. So my mom was the one that took us to church most. I grew up in a medical family. And my, while my father was technically Catholic, he didn't go so much because he's um, a general practitioner. And so he would prescribe birth control and he would help people access abortion if necessary. And he felt that from a medical perspective, that was way more important. And so he didn't agree with those churches' values on those things. So he didn't go to church so much. My mother was also in healthcare 
And she had the same attitude with accessing contraception and abortion, but she somehow kind of just put it in a different box and separated it. Mm -hmm. So growing up, um, my parents were very open, especially my mum, about talking about sex and how babies are made and that kind of stuff in Mm -hmm. fact in our junk drawer in the kitchen um my mum put condoms in there in case my siblings and I ever needed them and we were in our teens by that point by the Uh way we weren't encouraging (laughs) they weren't weren't promoting us to have sex but they were like okay but if you this do it safely and don't get pregnant and so (laughs) um I remember like my very first boyfriend his name's Bob and we were together for three years and uh in England the age of consent is the age of 16 and Mm -hmm. about three months shy of our 16th like my 16th birthday we're only a month apart Bob and I decided that we were ready to make love Mm -hmm. and uh so we um I went on the pill we waited a month I actually sat down and told my parents that this was going to happen and you know they took a deep breath and were like well don't think you're gonna sleep together next time you know you're not having sleepovers hours and I'm like oh no no don't worry we're not expecting that and but it ended with a pat on the head and we're proud of you and so around my 16th birthday I was still quite devout and I remember spending most of the day in church by myself on a Saturday I think my birthday was that year and I was like praying and talking to God and that's where I realized that I just had this conflict where I realized that this the church was potentially condemning my sexual relations before marriage Mm -hmm. as bad and a sinner but then I knew that my love for Bob was so deep and there was something so beautiful about our relationship and as I say we were together for three years like from the age Mm -hmm. of 15 to 18 that's a long time that is and and I just had this conflict in my mind thinking well that can't be right God can't think that and so that was the beginning of my journey of separating away from the Catholic Church Mm. and so in my late teens early 20s I kind of didn't even think about it I just rejected religion organized religion was just controlled I guess in some ways I had a spiritual belief but I just wasn't pursuing it Mm -hmm. and so later by the time I was 27 when I was coming out as gay um the Catholic church wasn't even a consideration for me at that time because I'd already mm-hmm. left. And in fact, I was going to a, a U, no, it was a Methodist church in Houston that was very accepting of LGBTQ plus people. So I had managed to find other religions that were less condemning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back in, then into my thirties, again, I didn't go to any organized religion. And um, in about 2018 2019 is when I really began to do a deeper level of introspection on my own religious or and or spiritual beliefs and so today I consider myself very spiritual but not in any organized religion Mm -hmm. I believe in the power of the universe I believe that we are all energy I believe that we're spiritual beings having a human experience Mm -hmm. and next to me is this beautiful spiritual being having a tree experience experience and we've got some (laughs) having flower experience and so I I just believe in that energy and um, I have a daily meditation practice which I rarely miss and I just feel the power of the universe now in Mm -hmm. such a profound way so I can go back to that 16 year old self in the Catholic church Mm -hmm. and realize I was speaking to the same quote unquote God Mm -hmm. I was speaking to universe Mm -hmm. I just hadn't evolved enough to understand where that was for me Mm-hmm. And and so that's really how it impacted me today. Yeah. I love the idea of the energy of God because there is absolutely no way that I can 
really believe that God is a physical human, of course, you know, and so the energy is, you're absolutely correct. It is in everything and, and we move and live and have our being. It's all energy. Um, and that's how we can be all in God's image because the image is energy and not skin color and not sex and not any of that. Exactly. It is energy or gender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, even, correct. even the, you know, the ancient texts will, will use the feminine pronoun for God. So she, he, you know, who cares? It's yeah. <laughs> And and non and non-binary. Like I had this really cool conversation um with somebody about um religion and LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. And um he was explaining to me that um that God in the Bible is actually genderless. Mm-hmm. Like they were in, in original writings didn't include any pronouns, you know, mm-hmm. as you say. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of a lot of this is a social construct. Oh yeah. That's been a yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. So, you know, with writing and that, that's a wonderful segue, by the way. So mm-hmm. people wrote the Bible and it was their interpretation at the time and how things were going in their communities and all of that. And you decided that you wanted to be a writer right. <laughs> and and you were going to make <laughs> stuff up too. No. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all made up. There's always a little nugget of truth in everything. You just got to dig harder to make sure you find the nugget and not everybody else's words. So let's, let's talk about this amazing book that you have now done. Well, you've written it once, but you've talked about, (laughs) I love this story about the journey of this book. Yeah. Faith and phase two. (laughs) Tell us about this book. I know, I know. I, it seems that most of the projects that I do have several different iterations of different things at different <laughs> times. It's like, okay, clearly I'm very fluid. Yes, you are. <laughs> I started writing the book because I was working on my TV show episode of Now with Fiona, and all of it is positive stories of kindness and courage from the LGBTQ plus community. And I didn't want that audience to get bogged down in terms and definitions and hear words that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. I want them to focus on the person and the story. It's all unscripted. It's, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, unscripted. So I created a two minute animation explaining the difference between the word cisgender and transgender Mm. so in this episode it's like you meet Kate who's my friend you know and I've already said I'm a cisgender woman and she's a transgender woman and then it has like this record scratch and it goes hang on a minute what's the difference between the word cisgender and transgender and so like like a school is in session kind of thing you know queer schoolhouse rocks or whatever I come (laughs) in and I'll explain it to you and then we go back into the story and if people want to find it that two minute animation is actually available on YouTube and so I carried on writing scripts because I realized wow there's so many different labels and terms that people don't Mm -hmm. understand and I just Mm want to make it very straightforward and easy for people And so I started writing these scripts at the same time I'd started doing the book course thinking I was writing my memoir. And then I was getting more and more excited about these scripts. I thought, how do I get the scripts into my memoir? And then I eventually came to the conclusion that, you know what, I'm going to wait and do the memoir a little bit later. I'm going to live a bit more life. There you go. Let's make a cheeky explainer book. And so the book is written for people who are old enough to swear and talk about sex, but it's illustrated with gorgeous illustrations by uh, my friend and collaborator, Sid Cordoba, who goes by they, them pronouns. And um, Sid made these illustrations. So when you pick it up, it looks like it's a kid's book, Mm -hmm. Um, but it has like a little 
warning explicit content thought bubble on it with that my dog Maisie Ray is thinking <laughs> and so so like I had the book actually ready to go out late 2021 um, but I started getting interest from agents wanting to pitch to traditional publishers. And then they came back saying, well, we love it. Got a great writing style. This is very informative, but we're not quite sure what to do with it. It doesn't really fit in a traditional book box. And I'm like, well, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not in a box. What I do is like, I'm not, in a, I'm not in a traditional box. That makes sense. And so in the end, I decided this year to get the book out. And it actually went from um, landscape and blue to portrait and pink um that's so we had to like redesign the whole thing uh, but pre-sales launched on tuesday september the 21st so the book is now available for pre-sale on my website and amazon if you get it on amazon they'll ship it to you on the 15th of november get it from me and i'll ship it to you on the 10th of november and i'll give you a free gift and i'll host like a zoom party so we can have like a little q a and get a tour of my camper and that kind of stuff um so yeah i'm very very excited to have birthed this baby this year <laughs> and I'm super excited that I got in on the pre-sale so that I can get the perks but I really wanted the book but the perks are great too I thought Thank that you. was really a great offer and this whole week you. you've just been everywhere launching this book you mm. I hope it's going or this whole week you're launching this book and I hope it goes really well so tell everybody yeah. where yeah. you're going to be and what you're going to do because I'm posting this yeah. today so Thank that everybody you. can can Yay. stay connected to you throughout this week this is awesome. Thank you so much. So we have just come off um, Bisexual Awareness Week that mm -hmm. culminated on Friday, September 23rd, was Celebrate Bisexuality Day. So last week was a roller coaster. Um, I joined, um, there were 14 of us, um, Bi Plus Advocates, and we went and visited with White House officials to Ooh. give a policy briefing on bisexual health needs uh, wow. within the US community. So we have this new website called by plus organizing us.org and it's a place where we want all different by plus organizations and individuals to come together because bisexual people while we make up the majority of the community we have um, higher rates of intimate partner violence in fact 61 percent of bisexual women have experienced intimate partner violence mm. um, compared to like lesbian and gay people it's down in like the 20s mm. and so um, we actually have like poorer health outcomes. We're missed in communications where we're thought of as like having been dumped into like a gay lesbian bucket or a straight bucket. And in fact, we have very unique needs and think about it this way with mental health as well. Like studies will show when you're not seen as who you are, it is mentally detrimental um, to your psyche. Yes. And so a lot of times by people are kind of overlooked in so many different ways in society. And I also believe that there are many people out there who may still identify as a straight label. Um, but I think the more we can message and make um, explaining sexuality um, easier for people. I think there are a lot of people who actually are more bi bisexual or pansexual than they are straight as well. Mm. Um, so a lot of all the work that I do is to like expose the spectrum of gender and sexuality. So that was really great to go to like meet at the White House for that. And then um, we announced pre-sales of the book, as you say, got to have a new awesome event with um, my publisher or our publisher, yes. um, publish, publish Your Purpose in Hartford, mm -hmm. Connecticut. We had a great Meet the Authors event and then launched my podcast as well on the Wednesday. So 
from now through November, people can see three things a week from me. So on Mondays, <laughs> I'm doing a bedtime story series on YouTube where I'm in my camper in my nightgown reading you a bedtime story, <laughs> which is a chapter of the book. And then Tuesdays, we'll do something around the book. And then Wednesdays is a new episode of the podcast. But every episode of the podcast, again, is a chapter from the book because it's like 21 cheeky questions. So I've selected nine of them. And so, for example, one of them is, is being non-binary just cool these days? And so on Monday, I'll read you the chapter of that book. On Tuesday, like we'll advertise the book. And then on Wednesday, I ask one of my guests that question mm-hmm. and uh, they do their best to explain it. And then we end with a lion heart story. So um, that's like all kicked off last week. And so this week, it's just more of the same. Tonight, we're launching a bedtime story, uh, which answers the question, which label is better, bisexual or pansexual? Um, And then on Wednesday, you'll hear the podcast where I interview my friend um, Dalila Ali Raja, um, who identifies as bisexual, and and, uh, she explains which label she thinks is better. So that's it. (laughs) <laughs> that that is fantastic. That is so so and we've we've joked with Fiona that she's gonna have to do trainings for the rest of us authors so that we can figure out how to launch our books as well as she's launching this one. <laughs> so. Whoa. I appreciate the compliment because maybe it looks better like on the on the behind the scenes it feels like it's like not not, not that smooth. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I mean, you must be just completely worn out because that. I mean, your your energy is going in a thousand different directions, and and you know you'll you'll sleep later. There's no sleep now. That you'll sleep later. <laughs> I know. Well, I say to myself like I try to watch my words because I believe that what you put out there is what you get back, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying my best to catch myself now instead of saying I'm exhausted, which uh-huh. apparently some people were tired hearing so instead of saying i'm exhausted i say energy is building up inside of me energy is building up inside me you know but i think also at the same time it's okay to acknowledge when you are exhausted and and just say okay you just need a break like have a little nap that's (laughs) right that's right i give myself permission (laughs) yes and let go as well like let go of it it might not be what some people think is perfect Mm -hmm. but you're just doing your best yeah it's all gonna be okay you know and trust that the universe has the right path and the right plan and is pulling in the right direction so yeah just keep doing your best that's all you can do that's right that's right and there is no perfection and those of us who are, are learning that now wish we had known that earlier but you know there's that's the way it is there's a timing for everything and when we're young, you know, we have to go through the hurt to get to the healing in a lot of different areas of our life, but you can't go around it. You have to go through it because the lesson will keep coming back to you until you learn it. So I I believe in that too. I believe our words are important and I believe that we have to pause for the moments of hurt so that we can experience and, and learn from it and then get to the other side. And And I'm sure that that's happened in your journey, you know, especially with the passing of your mother. Yeah. There's many times that we just have to, you know, allow ourselves to feel the pain and there's no shame in that. And it is a a human experience, you know? Correct. And I think I um, understand that better now Mm -hmm. than I did then. As you say, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm able to look back and realize I think in some ways I avoided and buried a lot of the pain. Oh, sure. Um, And I hadn't, I'm still processing it you know Mm -hmm. she died 
06 so what's that 16 years ago mm. now there's no I can't do my math <laughs> it's something like that yeah um, I'm not a math no, no it is 16 no it is it is 16 and and um what lessons can you learn from that so mm-hmm. okay back then I was avoiding the pain and today how am I avoiding other pain and how am I going to lean into it you know mm-hmm. and, and live through it go through it so that you yeah can, can come up the other side yeah. yeah. And just like with this fantastic week, you know, the, those types of things are like, you know, we miss them more, I think now because of the time that you would want to share this with her. And, you know, yeah. I don't know what you believe about that, but I do believe that she is with you in this week. And I do believe that some of that oh, energy yeah. is hers coming through you um, yeah. because I, I don't yeah. believe we're separated from the people that we love. I agree. I agree. In fact, I have this really magical story I can share with Please you. Please do. Happened. Just just last night. So when mum died, we she was in hospice and we were sitting around her bed. And I say we, it's like my dad and my three siblings. Yeah, sorry, my two siblings, there's three of us. <laughs> and um, we were sitting around her bed and it was like in a hot summer in England and the windows had been opened during the day. And then it was now nighttime. It was around 10 o'clock at night. And so the doors were closed. And um, as she was taking her last breaths, a moth suddenly appeared above her head Mm -hmm. and just started fluttering frantically. Mm. Like it was just, it it seemed like it was miraculous. Mm. And so I remember saying, do you see the moth? Do you see the moth? Look at the moth. And everyone's like, yeah, we see the moth. Um, anyway, so then her, her last breaths are done and um, she was, you know, pronounced dead. And ever since then, I've always seen moths at mm. really significant times. Mm. Like I came back to Texas, um, you know, several weeks after her funeral and I would come home to my apartment and there'd be a moth just like sat there next to the, the, um, the, the key you know the entrance to the door and so today I have a moth tattoo on my chest for my mum and um every birthday a moth appears like it's just and it's just the thing my siblings and I have in common where the moth appears anyway last night um I was with a couple of other friends celebrating somebody's birthday and we were sitting at someone's pool and I was sitting on the edge of the pool and it was probably about eight o'clock at night and we're all kind of not really roasting we're kind of like more cheering our friend whose birthday is mm-hmm. and we're going around in 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 uh in turns to say why you know we appreciate and value our friend and when we started talking a moth just landed on my leg and sat on my leg and just sat there mm. and it's so uncanny like after all mm-hmm. the people that it could have sat on and so when it was my turn to talk you know I said to all my friends I said well you know you remember this is why I have a moth and I just want to point out that my mom is with us right now and um, she's sitting on my leg (laughs) that's okay she just did Mm -hmm. and they just they just appear I so I can never kill a moth no no and it's so special to have that connection and I do feel that um I I'm the person I am today mm-hmm. in some ways because she died mm. and I feel like she had done her work and she needed to go on and do more work mm. and allow my siblings and I to learn and grow from her experience. Yeah. Yep. And, she passed the yeah. torch. 
And boy, you pick it up and you lit it on fire. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. You lit it on fire and you're, you're making a go of it. And I'm really, I'm so happy that you shared that story because I do believe in the wisdom of that. I do. And I've always thought that, that there are signs and there are ways that, that spirits communicate with us and those who have passed are yeah. still cheering us on and loving us through yeah. the good times and the hard times. That's yeah, awesome. Very much, very much. Well, you talked a little bit about your now with Fiona talk show and that you're, yeah. you, you said those words that of course a non TV person like me doesn't understand. So when you say that mm -hmm. something is happening with it, what does that mean? And is there some yeah. sort of time schedule that people can be looking for? Yeah, I wish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, Fiona. <laughs> so, so the world, the world of television is a yes. is a tricky little little thing. Yes. Uh, so, and especially when you're an independent filmmaker, you know, which mm -hmm. is what I am. And so we have a proof of concept. And I say we, I'm talking about my executive producer, Mindy Raymond, who absolute godsend and you know uh, Mindy and I work side by side together um we had a proof of concept episode that premiered at the Bentonville Film Festival last year and won the jury award which is awesome Bentonville is Gina Davis's mm -hmm. film festival and that was wow awesome and so if anyone wants a private link to that then they can contact me because it's not okay. available publicly in distribution okay. um but what we're in the process of doing now is um revising our materials and we're pitching to networks that then want to go um pick up the content and so the way it works is like you need funding to be able to <laughs> produce a television show uh -huh. so that's what we're continuing to do and so i just have absolute faith that it's going to get picked up mm -hmm. i just don't know whether it's going to be this year or next year or in mm -hmm. 10 years but uh -huh. it'll the only reason it won't happen is if i stop and i am not stopping mm -hmm. um and so when i say so it, it's actually not what we call a talk show because a talk show kind of gives the sense that it's like an in-studio environment you know like ellen mm -hmm. or something like that right it's not like that it's what we call like an unscripted series so if you imagine like take queer eye Mm -hmm. and mix it up with like a, a van life series and throw in a bit of Mr. Rogers. And then you've got me like now with Fiona. And so <laughs> what I, so, and if, if anyone goes to the website now, Fiona.com, you can read about it, but it's my journey of uncovering positive stories of kindness and courage from the LGBTQ plus community. And through those stories, we get to understand the spectrum of gender and sexuality. And we mm. come to learn about terms and definitions. And so the season one we're planning is I would be in Texas, which I consider my home and is my home, even though I sound like I'm from West Texas. I know. Y'all. <laughs> um, it will be my journey of going to these different places where I've had my roots and discovering my own sexual orientation and then meeting other people of a similar experience. I really want to debunk these myths and stereotypes that everywhere in Texas is bad because it's not. Like 70% mm. of Texans believe that discrimination against LGBTQ plus people is wrong. Like people are generally good. Um, but why, right now, media focus on how negative and horrible things are and while I don't want to deny that I want to reveal the kindness good positive things that are happening which I think are happening way more than the negative mm. but you know what we're focusing on is the negative mm -hmm. um I believe that 
I don't like saying fight hate. I don't believe going into a fight. I think that if you fight, then you're just going to generate more fighting. I if you want to achieve a world of equity and equality, then I believe you promote love and you show people how to be loving and how to be mm-hmm. kind. Cause I believe that everybody is loving and kind at their core. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that would essentially be the show where I'd like go back to bridge city, Texas, which is like near Louisiana where my poor ex-husband is from because he's being dragged into this, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> I, I like yeah thank, thank thankfully like there's no negativity between us any longer yes. we just don't hang out so but yeah. he's part of my story and so yeah. he's gonna have to like be a part of the telling um but go to this you know this small town and like we used to do thanksgivings you know 20 years ago in beaumont texas you know and i want to show look there's there's good things happening for the lgbtq plus community in beaumont and then and go through all this journey and so that's what season one would look like um my hope is it gets picked up asap because Mm -hmm. i just want to go out and make this content Mm -hmm. Um, and i know like we have some interested parties and so hopefully those interested parties like will say yes and then Mm -hmm. you know we'll be rolling one of the elements I am excited about as well is that it's me journeying in my camper, in my caravan. Yes. So yes. <laughs> if you, if if anyone listening wants to know what my camper looks like, first of all, I think it's nearly going to be on my website. It's on my social media, but also it's a Gulfstream vintage cruiser. So it's brand new, but it looks like a 1950s nice. diner. And, nice. it's, and it's got like teal color. It's like, it looks like a Tiffany box. And so I've named my camper Audrey. So my, my other manifestation wish list is I really want Ford to like sponsor the show with giving me an electric Ford F-150. There you and go. then I can drive around in a bright red Ford F-150 electric vehicle towing my tiffany blue camper into rural texas oh my to go god share positive stories from the lgbtq oh, community i mean oh god, i want right? that i want that for you i'm gonna i'm gonna join your manifestation that that Thank visual you. is just perfect <laughs> i love right? that yeah i know it's like and I'm, I'm i'm only five foot one as well so it's like this like this five foot one red-headed british person oh with god. bright red lipstick pops out of her f-150 in the middle of nowhere to go say hi to the trans people living in like rural texas just make sure you just please park it in front of a baptist church will you okay yes yes please and it'll go boom Boom. (laughs) pink smoke is an exhaust I don't know. I'll go have a conversation with the pastor. Absolutely. <laughs> Please do. And film it. Do it. I'll film it. <laughs> film it. <laughs> That's it. You just have to have your camera on you all the time for when all of these wonderful I know. things explode. <laughs> and somehow I just somebody have to attach a GoPro. Oh, you do yes, yeah. get a GoPro and have have the people who do the special effects make sure that rainbow smoke <laughs> comes out of your exhaust. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Sparkles. Oh my gosh. Oh, we have to add that element. That makes hey, that's a brilliant that idea. That was free of charge. Free of charge. Thanks. Don't pay me for that, really. Thanks. It's fine. Just, you want, you want, it's like, my gift to you. I mean, like creative design supplied by. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Midge you can Noble. say Midge Noble. <laughs> I love it. Spark. Oh I God. think I'm going to put that on the order. I'm going to like, Ford, please, 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 please sponsor my show with an electric vehicle F-150. And it has to have glitter and rainbow. Yeah coming out the exhaust yes yes no problem (laughs) 
God oh created God. the universe. God can figure that out. Exactly. Come on. exactly. Thanks, God. Bring it. Thanks, God. God. Bring Brilliant. It. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so much fun. <laughs> I knew it would be. I knew this would be fun. All yeah. right. So this week is exploding. Last week was exploding. Yeah. Everything is coming together. <laughs> and and now that we understand that now with Fiona needs a whole lot of, you know, energetic people putting the right vibes into the universe yeah. because it's going to take a village to everybody understand that we need to put all of our energy on this so that this can happen. There's You're nothing right. I love more than to, to find something on Facebook and retag it compassion in action or loving kindness, you know, meta. Yeah. I love sharing the yeah. good stories because there is so much, you know, darkness about us and it gets yeah. promoted just like you said. And, and that's, yeah, that's what's keeping us stuck is that yeah. that's that has more energetic you know percentages right yeah. now than than the good stuff and so we need your now with fiona we need it yes thank you thank you and essentially like if people want to help get now with fiona the unscripted tv show to your mm -hmm. screens the best thing you can do is um, follow, like, like my podcast, mm -hmm. <laughs> listen, write a review, share the podcast, build the the listeners there, um, and then you know get the book and or write a review because I really feel like the podcast and the book are kind of proofs of concept for the TV show. Like they're different versions yeah. of that, yeah, loving kindness and positivity and hope and joy, mm -hmm. and that's all the different media things that you know we produce everything mm -hmm. is centered on you know love and kindness kindness mm -hmm. and courage and mm -hmm. yeah come by a part of the movement <laughs> that's right be a part of the movement i love it well i am part of your movement <laughs> and i'm excited yeah. <laughs> i am excited that is a joy <laughs> well thank you um and and you coming on on this podcast is a highlight for me and i'm glad that we finally were able to to match it all up and get it on this special, special, you know, two weeks that yeah. you're living in. This is just yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So I know that, you know, promoting your book is, is one of the main things, but I, I really am thankful that you took us through your journey and you took us through the, the different ways that you were able to embrace yourself and come more and more authentically into you. And I hope that people understand that it, you know, that's, that's the same for all of us. You know, you've lived mm -hmm. life in a, in a large way and you've created so much amazing content. And some of us never put anything out into the universe, but it doesn't take that. It just takes those kind things that you're talking about. You know, what can we do Correct. today? That's kind and loving for someone else. And that's Correct. the movement really. Correct. Yeah. It is. It's like in the, um, the conclusion of the book, it's like, how can I be the best ally ever? Mm. And I think these four points go beyond just allyship, but mm -hmm. I think they, they're really like, how can I be the most helpful person regardless of my own sexual orientation? Mm -hmm. So that includes the LGBTQ plus community and the four different stages are number one, like self-awareness, like understand mm. yourself first. Mm -hmm. The second is awareness of others to so know other people and so how you relate. And then the third is be kind and the fourth be courageous. Mm. But I think that you don't necessarily have to put quote unquote big things out it doesn't really matter how visible something is on mm -hmm. you know externally to the world mm -hmm. it's like the energy that you're putting out and are you getting to understand yourself first I think that is so so important so mm -hmm. I think any of any of us can have 
just as much impact because sometimes impact is immeasurable you know it's Mm -hmm. just are you being true to yourself there's a great quote by Howard Thurman that says ask not what the world needs ask what makes you feel alive and go do it because Mm. what the world needs are people doing things that make them feel alive Mm. so if you're doing something that makes you feel alive (laughs) and as long as it's not harming someone else right then you're doing the right thing yeah yeah because we're all on an individual journey to walk each other home Correct, Ramdas. Ramdas, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, get that meditation on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and and that, you know, that's what I love about these conversations is that it's not just one thing. You know, even yeah. in the Episcopal Church, when people think that's just such a liturgical, very straight-laced, you know, denomination, I mean, meditation is part of that, you know, just being able to sit quietly with a concept or to, you know, to be able to be with yourself and be quiet. And so that is, I I think that we, when we think we have to put everything in a box and especially not Fiona, we've already Mm -hmm. decided that you're not in a box (laughs) and neither should, should our spiritual practice be in a box, neither should our lives be in a box that we should be able to blend all of the goodness that everything that was created has come to us. And, you know, meditation, crystals, prayer, God, creator of all that is, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be one thing. We've been given so many things as a tool to use, to improve ourselves and to, and to be there and love each other. And you're part of that. And I'm so excited that this is going well for you. And I'm excited that you're at this moment in your life. Thank you. I only want the best for you, Miss Fiona. Only want the best. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want the best for you too, Mitch. Thank thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's a love fest here, Fiona and Mitch. Okay. So the, as we wrap up today, if you could take a moment and just think about your journey and what lesson would you want to leave for the listeners here? Maybe the folks that are still too afraid to think about, you know, where they fit on that, you know, LGBTQIA plus acronym. Mm. What, what would you want to say to somebody who's really struggling and really feels unable to be authentic? What would be your words to them? And do you, and do you feel like they're struggling to be authentic within their sexual orientation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that be kind to yourself mm-hmm. and let go of expectations that you feel from other people and yourself as to who you're meant to be or what you're meant to um, come out to in as in the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like your sexual orientation is such a very personal identity mm-hmm. within yourself as a human and it's okay to not come out as long as you're being true to yourself on the inside because I think it can be very painful when you're in denial mm. of yourself um, so I would say do that and then of course like seek seek comfort from others like seek help seek mm-hmm. um, other people who may identify across the spectrum of LGBTQ+, you know, read books, watch movies, that kind of stuff, and just keep going with your self-growth. But don't feel like there's a timeline for having to discover Mm -hmm. this, you know? Mm -hmm. Sexual orientation can be fluid and change over time as well. Mm. And uh, whatever, explore different labels, explore different concepts, and just see what eventually fits right and feels right to you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I also will say that sexual orientation can be broken into three primary things. It can be love, romance, and or sex. Mm-hmm. And so we can have, imagine you've got a box inside of you and you can have like different levels of that. So mm-hmm. just because you are, you you might be romantically and or emotionally attracted to people of a certain gender but not sexually or you might be sexually but not necessarily romantically or emotionally and those Mm -hmm. can all just like be fluid and change over time Mm -hmm. and so I think that society is eventually learning to unpack that and realize that it's um it's all a spectrum and the final point I'll make and I'll say this to bi plus people in particular I am a woman I'm a cisgender woman I have the capacity to be attracted to people who have the same gender as me or a different gender as me but and I've acted on that but if I had not acted on that like if I had never had a sexual relationship with a woman and only Mm -hmm. had sexual relationship with men Mm -hmm. that's I'm still bisexual right like you don't have to validate the label for your sexual orientation by behaving or acting on it mm-hmm. it's okay to have those feelings and that knowledge inside of you and do nothing about it mm-hmm. but you could that's that that label is still correct if it feels right for you oh that's so good i realized that's good. that wasn't a very succinct answer to your question because i got <laughs> it ebbed and float well that but i definitely that, want people to feel loved and supported yes it was a beautiful answer to my question so thank you and thank <laughs> you very much for being here today this has been the highlight of my day oh, oh, thank you Mitch. you're welcome. highlight of mine too <laughs> big hugs big hugs i know energetic hugs yes i know energetic hugs that's right and i want to thank our listeners for coming back each week supporting sharing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts if you want to see more information and links to connect with fiona and i know you do go to the gay with god show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com and you'll find all of her links there if you are listening to this podcast and you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the god of your understanding if you identify as lgbtqia plus are not even sure if you're gay. God has always been with you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Check out our Facebook group, Gay with God, where we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. If you need support or help to get through your coming out faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom and see how you can connect with me. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay with God community. Love you guys. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay with God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay with God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4 
a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.